Hello and welcome to our first episode of the Goomba Stomp anime podcast, currently untitled, we don't have a name, but uh, yeah, starting things off. So I'm Harry, I'm joined by Kyle and Matt. Hello guys. Hey, so this is our first episode, let's introduce ourselves. So Kyle, who are you? Well, judging off of that, I am Kyle, I think. So (laughs) I... Oh man, how how do we do this? Okay, yeah, I'm Kyle. I like anime. Where are you from? Otherwise, Where are your three sizes. Oh, what's your man. favorite sexual position? Um, yes, to all of that. I don't think that's the proper <laughs> answer, but we'll go with that. Well, fine. I I am um a, a big old fan of anime. Um, I grew up watching stuff like you know, Dragon Ball, and of course, grew up. I think in the era when you know Bleach, One Piece, and Naruto were first making their way over here, so caught that second wave of degeneracy. Um, <laughs> but I actually stopped watching anime for quite a while between like like the entire time I was in college, and I only recently came back to it, and I love it. And I'm here now talking about how much I love anime. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we hate anime. And, uh, right. This whole podcast is about oh. hating on anime. Oh, no. This is actually a roast. Yeah. Oh. Anime fucking sucks. Anyways, <laughs> Matt, what about you? <laughs> All right. So I am Matt. I'm currently residing in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, like these two, most likely. I've been watching anime for quite a while. I So same, Dragon Ball, uh... Digimon, Pokemon, all that on Toonami. But back then, it was just kind of like other cartoons on TV for me. I didn't really understand that they were like different from other American cartoons. The first anime that I watched consciously knowing that it was something different that was called anime was Ranma One Half. And that kind of like <laughs> got me into the whole craze. And from then, I've just been in a massive Weibo Taku anime manga or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I've been following it for, I don't know, like six, seven years now. Uh, one of my f- favorite series off the top of my head would probably be Fate Zero. And yeah, glad to finally get this show on the road. Fantastic. About for a while. Yeah. So for me, I got into anime like yesterday. And so far, I've seen <laughs> Boku no Pico and uh, just <laughs> oh, mostly Hentai. No, all right. Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> I got into it a little later. I got into it when I was about 16 or 17. Um, I've seen lots of different series. Uh, my favorites are My Hero Academia and Killer Kill. Um, but all sorts. Mm-hmm. I like all sorts. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty good fun. I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we all like anime and we're all good friends. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> that the second point's debatable. <laughs> no, I, I think you guys are all right. I'm here against okay. my will. I kind of hate you. You're oh. both cunts. Fuck off. Oh. Get out of my Isn't that a term of endearment podcast. in the UK? Uh, it's quite common, yeah. I was reading about that recently. Like, America's really offended by that word. But oh, we are. Don't mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't get why. Like, if you're offended by that word, you're a complete cunt. I don't see the problem, to be honest. But anyways. <laughs> okay, we've started the podcast off with a bang. We've uh, lowered the tone and we've uh, broken the ice. So... Since Goomba Stomp is a gaming website primarily, we'll just introduce with uh, some gaming talk. What games have you guys been playing recently? All right, so I guess I'll start off real quick. Uh, 
last thing I played was the Mario Tennis Aces demo, because that's going on this weekend. And wow, that's a lot more fun than I was expecting it to be. It's super intense. And I don't remember the last time I've been as stressed playing a video game as I have <laughs> during some of these tiebreaker matches. Hmm. I'm literally sweating by the end of them. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that full game. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually heard somebody describing it as a fighting game, but with tennis. Right. Yeah, I saw that description too. It's a very apt description. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, good. I'm excited to play it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess only a few hours left for you. Or actually, no, the UK has its own demo. I don't know. You're off in your own world. I, I think actually <laughs> the demo is out, but I've just been playing Hyrule Warriors constantly, so I've not downloaded I it yet. But uh, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it looks really fun. So I'm definitely going to mm -hmm. get it when it comes out full or get the demo mm -hmm. soonish. Right. But yeah, what about you, Kyle? What have you been playing? Uh, well, for video games on my end, I've actually... Um, so <laughs> I started Persona 5 like oh, last <laughs> year. Anime of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and... In, in between a lot of other stuff, um, this is actually the first JRPG that I've, in, in a long time, that I've, like, really dug into. Yeah. Because I've, you know, I, I've played a bunch of other ones, um, and I'm really bad about losing steam. Uh, right. Oh, really? Games, especially, you know, longer-paced ones. But I I love Persona 5. I, I love so everything about it. It is so good. It is so mm -hmm. good. I had an and, existential crisis over whether or not to romance Kawakami or Futaba, and that upset oh me for God. a while. <laughs> Why is everyone so over that teacher? It's ah. see, I not 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 gonna kill go I chose Futaba <laughs> because she's just cute as fuck. But I think uh, oh fuck, I had a mind blank. Uh, what what's the girl who joins you at uh, at the bank? Uh, uh, Makoto, Makoto, Makoto. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I had a complete mind uh, blank. Yeah, she's great as well. See, um, she's the one I romanced, yeah. Yeah. I liked Makoto. It's just I do not like how her confidant was written. Like, it's not really? a very interesting story, I don't feel like. You know what's funny? I don't even remember her confidant story. <laughs> I romanced her, so that's kind of Yeah, because like, she's a great character. It's just, uh, no. But as, as for why I'm personally hung up over Kawakami is because... Her her story got a little too me IRL for me IRL, oh, so I I, I could very much relate to her. You too um, are a prostitute. I, I <laughs> am. I dress yeah. up as a maid and give back rubs to sixteen year olds. What's your number? <laughs> What's your number, Kyle? Um, one 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 one. Well, I need 69. to call that sometime because I've got a throbbing erection with your name on it. <laughs> Oh man, how'd that get there? Yeah. See, this um, podcast is amazing <laughs> because you get real flirting, real love, real romance. I mean, before we started, you said that you were going to wake him up with a sexy voice. Like, this was already known ahead of time. Here we go. And I'm here right now. This is get a love that transcends continents. My nasally English accent is uh, it's here in full flow. <laughs> um but aside from persona um which is something i've kind of j just you know treated as like all right i'm gonna put in a couple hours every other day um i've been playing um a bunch of dauntless and monster hunter world which i oh. i have actually not 
really gotten into Monster Hunter before this generation. Like I picked That's up a couple 100% games. Hundred percent understandable. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy it. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Good times. Um, I, I've not played it myself, but it's meant to be really good. But speaking right. of Persona Five again, all I can say <laughs> is keep playing it, man. It is really, really, really I, fucking good. I am honestly very happy with myself that I've reached the point where I have logged in 100 hours and I'm still not done with the game. Like, Akechi yeah. just joined the party. So, spoilers, yeah. I guess, but he's on the cover. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. shut up. Yeah, and yeah. Persona is really interesting compared to a lot of other JRPGs because most JRPGs like over 100 hours of gameplay, but only like 30 <laughs> hours of main story. Whereas Persona is like, no all those triple hours of game that's 100% main story there's no yeah. way you can mm-hmm. rush through that game mm-hmm. like besides like ignoring mementos but even then that would cut out maybe like 5 10 hours at most out of 130 yeah mementos like is not a huge part of the game by any means yeah that's the only optional part of the game everything else like unless you just go to bed every day <laughs> on your free time which is yeah. dumb like there's no way you can rush through that well, game you do need to uh not really a spoiler. You do need to get through all of the mementos at the end of the game. Um, there is like right. the final kind of part of the game. You have to go all the way through mementos. Um, but yeah, I I tend to hate video game stories because I find them so underdeveloped and so rushed. It'll want mm-hmm. you to care about characters and narrative that just isn't really explained. It'll maybe take, I don't know, an hour to build it. And it's like, <clears> no, like I don't give a shit about any of this. But uh, mm-hmm. Persona 5 is one of the only games where the story has genuinely been good. Like a genuinely mm-hmm. great story mm-hmm. with genuinely well-realized characters. Because it actually takes so much time to do it. It actually invests so much time in realizing these characters, their backstories, the larger narrative. And by the end, you're just totally on board with it. And that's one of the things I love about it as well. Um, just how it treats itself and, and how it really values its story and mm-hmm. takes its story as an important part of the game. Well, that's mm-hmm. always like what I've loved about the Persona series in general is how they yeah. take the visual novel approach to you know writing its narrative and that addition of you know the of player interaction in terms of how the narrative progresses. It's a lot of small things where you know dialogue choices may not necessarily do much, but you know it, it keeps you invested in it. Yeah, totally. It's really, really good. I can't recommend it enough. To anyone who's listening to this who's not played it, please do yourself a favor. Play it. It's fucking awesome. Especially uh, if you're an anime fan, consider, and if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you are an anime (laughs) fan. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. And even if you're not an anime fan, it is still really, really good. I I could just, I'd recommend it to anyone. If you're a fan of fun, play Persona (laughs) 5. If you like being happy, play persona 5 it's that well, good <laughs> i'm not sure about the happy part oh, it <laughs> some makes of the things me... that happen in that game oh yeah it gets dark at times but i still find myself happy yeah. even when it's yeah. miserable i'm happy <laughs> it's so, funny yeah. a lot of reviews i've seen about persona or comments about it i've seen have always said now i normally don't like these kinds of games but right yeah I even made my sister play who doesn't play games or watch anime at all. And she had a decent time with it. Didn't get very far, but she had a good time. <laughs> I was trying to get my girlfriend to play it. And she's gotten, I think, maybe 25 hours in. But she's not okay. playing oh, for wow. a while. But she was enjoying it. Again, she doesn't play many games. And she was having a good time with it. So 
mm-hmm. everyone likes it. If you don't like Persona 5, you're weird and you've got a terrible <laughs> taste and you're wrong. So yeah, it is an objectively great game. At but, least 10 people just stopped listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, but oh, well, it's only 10 out of the 11 that were listening. So yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hello, Kyle's mum. <laughs> I guess. Anyways, uh, yeah. In terms of what I've been playing, I've been playing uh, the Boku no Pico visual novel. Oh, <laughs> that's no. four Boku no Pico references now. Too many. It's four too many. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I've, I've in seriousness, I've been playing Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, and mm-hmm. I played it on Wii U loads, and I just love it. I've, I've actually enjoyed it even more so on the Nintendo Switch. Um, but I, I did 50 hours, I did a 50-hour playthrough, and I got really far into it. But uh, I don't know if either of you guys have played it, if, if you picked it up yet. I played a little bit at a friend's house one time, but it came. the original version came out at an awkward time um, in my life, and I couldn't really get to it. And now this one is coming out like during a maelstrom of other things as well, so yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it either. Yeah. Yeah. I picked it up when it first came out back on the Wii U. Um, I played... I put a few hours into it, but after those few hours were put into it, I remembered, man, this is just Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. (laughs) Which isn't bad. It's just, I've played this game before. Right. If you're not a Dynasty Warriors fan, of course, like, it's not going to click with you. But if if you do enjoy that kind of game and you like Zelda, then it's just, like, amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find it's a sort of turn-your-brain-off kind of game. It is just right. really fun. And I love the, the Zelda world and all the characters. So, yeah, but, but I put 50 hours into it. But there's a mechanic in there that's been added for this version called My Fairy, where you can essentially oh, find right. a fairy that you then upgrade and you customise. Um, but I found it to be a really tedious, quite an interesting mechanic because I don't really go in for that kind of thing. I'm going in just to kill some bad guys and do some repetitive hack-and-slash gameplay I don't really want right. to then go through finding food for fairies and their clothing, and it just seems quite benign to me. But what's mm-hmm. annoying is that you can't turn this mechanic off. So once you find a fairy and unlock the mechanic, you can't then deactivate it, and it affects so much of your game once it has been unlocked. So after 50 hours, I deleted my entire save and started a new <laughs> one just to play oh. it again and deliberately not unlock this stupid mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> So, but but well, what's amazing is that even in my second playthrough, after sinking in fifty hours, yeah. I, I guess it's just technically your hooked. third now, right? Well, yeah, t- yeah, technically because my Wii U one. And <laughs> I, I was when I deleted it, I was thinking, oh, I won't be able to do this again. I won't be able to mentally get through this. But I, I just got back into it and I enjoyed it. So, I guess it's a testament to how addictive the game can be, if right. if you're a fan yeah. of it. So, so right, yeah, exactly. We've all been playing some good games and having a good time. So mm-hmm. it's all happiness all around. So let's discuss My Hero Academia next. Let's actually get on to anime topics. So <laughs> who's been watching My Hero Academia season three? I am fully caught up. Yes. Including the episode that came out yesterday. Yes, that's good. Kyle. I unfortunately have not, just because there are a good deal other shows that are airing this season that I'm having a lot of fun with and it I've already read the manga so I'm like eh, oh, I, I don't I don't feel the motivation to watch it I know it's going to be great but yeah. I I'll I'll, I'll I'll give it a few more months before I dig into it 
Um, but yeah, so what was the most recent thing that happened I'm, in this? I'm order? fucking disgusted with you, Kyle. Get oh, out. Oh my god. Get off this call now. This Get out of this call. You've told me that you're disgusted with me as many times as you've mentioned Boca no Pico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually. I- I'm kidding. And I've also <laughs> never seen Boca no Pico. Um, oh well, <laughs> yeah. nor did he even know what it was. So when we initially Until brought it up as a joke, you're the one who mentioned it in the first place. So uh, yeah, yeah and then you took me seriously. I'm like, no, please don't. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's I, just, right. I just assumed. I just assumed it was a nice series. I was like, yeah, man, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. Then I had to look it up, and I was like, oh fucking no, no, let's leave that one. <laughs> But I, I just, I trusted you. As my friend, I trusted yep. you and you broke that trust. No, nope. I, yeah. I, 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 okay. All right. <laughs> let's, let's bury the Pocono Pico talk. Let's bury it. But yeah, I, I totally understand, Kyle, when you don't want to watch an anime for a manga you read, because it, that's happened to me with a few other series. I mm-hmm. can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it's like, you've already seen what happens. And for the most part, especially too, you're always... Wanting it to get to the good part. It's like, okay, this is cool, but there's this one scene I want to get to and it's not there yet. I got to wait many weeks. It must be so really yeah, annoying, whenever yeah. there's an anime that starts airing and I'm enjoying it, and I know there's a manga for it or like light novel ad to t- light novel source material or something. I'll avoid that and just keep watching the anime because I know if I pick up the light novel or the manga, then I'll lose interest in watching the anime. Oh, yeah. Well, that was actually how I started off with Hero Academia because I found the series through the show. I binged right. the first two seasons and it's like, oh my god, I need more of this. So I just read the manga, and like, yep, I'm all exactly. caught up Case with that now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Deck See, I've, I've kind of done the worst thing, which is I've just read online what happens. Oh, um, <laughs> oh man! Because <laughs> I kind of thought, well, I can't really be too bothered to read the manga. I want to experience it in the anime form because that's what I'm invested in. But I do want to know what happens, so uh, I'll just look up on My Hero you Academia are Wiki. You're the actual filth here. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to put you guys down to make myself feel better. <laughs> I am pure scum. Um, but no, I, I fucking love it. I'm really enjoying season three, and uh, I've, yeah. I've enjoyed it throughout. I've enjoyed the series throughout. I think it's so well paced, and I I just feel like it's the perfect recipe for fun. It's just an amalgamation of great characters all of which are really interesting and really entertaining, really right. suspenseful, fun story, uh, great animation, great action, uh, great humour. It's all just top marks, I feel. It nails mm-hmm. everything you'd want in a fun show. Exactly. Yeah. And what's really impressive about it, too, is because it opens up with Deku saying, like, this is how I became the greatest hero. It's like, okay, well, that's great. We know he becomes the greatest hero, but that yeah. doesn't take away from the suspense like, because we know that he's going to be the greatest hero, but we don't know if he's going to go through some messed up shit to get there, if bad things are going to happen to the yeah. people around him on the way there, which they probably are. And so it's always got this nice balance of tension going along with it, despite mm-hmm. that knowledge that of what the end goal is going to end up like. Well, it's great, yeah. too, because, you know, it, the series starts off and he is an extreme underdog. Um, mm-hmm. But unlike a lot of other shonen, where it's like, all right, I know how this is going to end up. You know, this protagonist is going to be the greatest ever. And it's like the fact that they're so candid about it up front just, you know, kind of allows the viewer to be like, all right, I'm here for the ride. Right. And Deku is very he's very aware of his situation, of his power level, what his capabilities are. Which is so rare for shonen protagonists. <laughs> yeah. Because 
like you got Naruto, Bleach, One Piece. All those protagonists are a headstrong bull. Like it's like I can do anything. No one gets in my way. Like I'll beat down anyone that's in my path. Yada yada yada. Again, that's like one of the many reasons that Black Clover failed. Like, I was I was about to. I know you're a huge fan of Black Clover, Max. So <laughs> yeah, I am. How do you compare the two? Fan of Black Clover. It's your favorite oh. series, not just your favorite anime, yes. but your favorite piece of entertainment ever. <laughs> it it, it <laughs> right, is. Yeah. Anytime you're feeling in any emotional state, you put on Black Clover. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. it it just calms me because it immediately brings me to the ninth circle of hell. <laughs> yeah, which as everyone knows, is just like absolute freezing cold, absolute zero. It's a very chill show for me to watch. It's your religion at this point. If somebody says, what is your chosen <laughs> faith? You say Black Clover. It is that mm-hmm. important to me in my life. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> uh, how would you compare the two then? I know that's a big comparison to make, but what would you say <laughs> My Hero Academia right. does slightly better than Black Clover? Yeah, just slightly. <laughs> um, well, to bring it back to the protagonist, and again, uh, the difference between Deku and Asta, like self-awareness, Asta doesn't have it. I'm not even going to go into his voice because that horse, that horse has been beaten plenty of times. It's ah! like oh my god! Something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, like the important thing for a shonen pro tag is like you want to be able to root for them. Like you want them to win. You want to be able to get behind them, get their emotions, understand what they're going through, and why they're so dedicated. And you definitely get that for Deku. Like you want him to win. You want him to succeed. You definitely do not get that for Asta. <laughs> His motivation is flimsy at best. It's yeah. just like, why are you like this? Just stay in your little boom docks town. <laughs> you yeah. don't deserve any of this. And it's just all a mess. And who knows? Maybe it's gotten better since I dropped it. <laughs> I thought originally that show was going to be only 13 episodes and I'd stick with it. And then I found out it's going to be 5050. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I'm After this hearing how much you had not enjoyed Black Clover, I was actually very surprised to find out that a lot of people do enjoy black clover yeah they enjoy the manga mm. i think i don't think i've ever met anyone that enjoys the anime so far people have said that it gets better but then again if it starts as literal yeah. cancer then it yeah. has to get better like it can't because i worse. i watched eight episodes i mean i gave it a good shot yeah that that <laughs> so. no matter what kind of media or entertainment it is like it, if you're using the reasoning it gets better that is not a good reason for me to watch something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that in, in any anime, like by episode one, it should have at least intrigued mm-hmm. you somewhat. Even if it's like not right. really gotten going, it should have at least made you think, oh, that's interesting. I want to watch episode two at the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if by episode Or like one, just made just... you go like, what the actual fuck just yeah. happened? Yeah, that is <laughs> just stupid. Um, yeah. But My Hero Academia is just, a bit better yeah it's just slightly improved um (laughs) but no no i love it i think like going back to what you guys were saying um it's so easy to like root for the characters and to get behind them and especially because they're all so different they're all coming from different angles but they still kind of see eye to eye and i think the element of like you you kind of like some characters when you dislike them at the same time so like endeavor for example he is by all accounts a total dick like what he did was horrible and mm-hmm. when he was he was abusive to to his kids and to his wife horrible guy but he's still a hero he still fights right. on the side mm-hmm. of justice so you kind of root for him yep. but he's still a bit of a shitty guy so you don't like yeah. him but that element i love I that really internship story where they showed him like as a hero it's like no like i'm not doing this just to show off like i really do care about my job i care about saving people and, like, and that was very cool to see yeah. that 
Yeah, that's it. Like, there are different elements to characters where... I mean, I think that's best seen in Bakugo as well. A lot of people really hate him at the start, and I get it because he's right. a total dick at first, but... I still hate him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I found I've really kind of warmed to him a little bit because you realise over time his <clears throat> anger is somewhat justified. It's coming from a place of insecurity because he's always striven, he's always right. strove... What is it? Striven or strove? Strove. Strived. Strove. Strive. He's always tried. <laughs> he's always tried to be the best. Um, mm-hmm. He's always like worked harder than anyone. He's pushed himself more than anyone. And he's been so dedicated to trying to better himself. Uh, and then Midoriya comes out out of nowhere and is, is suddenly better than him. And he's obviously really threatened by that. Hence his anger and his nastiness. Now it's still uncalled right. for. It's still unreasonable. But it reminds me kind of like Vegeta and Goku, where Vegeta works so hard and he pushes himself so much. And Goku, even though he's kind of not trying as hard, he's still always one step ahead. And Vegeta's kind of a dick to Goku at times because of that. Because he thinks, I should objectively be better than you. I've worked harder than you. I've pushed myself more than you. And you're kind of goofing off, but you're still better than me. And I think Bakugo feels that about the other people in UA, where it's like, I'm I'm working harder than you. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should be better, but Todoroki, Midoriya, they are a little bit stronger than him potentially and he knows right. that and that's kind of the reason for his anger and his issues and i find that really interesting and in that sense you kind of root for him and in these latest episodes when the villains try to convert him and they're trying to say hey join us yep. and you realize which by the way before we get into this like if it's not obvious we're going to full spoiler t- spoiler territory for oh, yeah. the most recent <laughs> book hero academia episode so if you don't care for those um, tune out tune and out, yeah. come back. I don't know when At this is point. new to us as well. Maybe just just stop listening to a podcast. Do something else. I don't care. Like do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, but sorry to get interrupted. Yeah, like, um, when but when we're trying to convert him, and he's just so not interested. Pardon. Hello. What was that? Oh, sorry. Lost <laughs> you for a bit there. Yeah, I think it was a bit uh, of a weird hiccup on Skype. Okay. Well, Post editing, okay. We'll keep, we'll keep <laughs> it. In. We'll keep it in. It adds that more human feel. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like so. When the villains are trying to convert him, uh, and he's so not interested, and he says like, "I'm so focused on being a hero," and he idolizes All Might, and you just realize like, "Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a dick." Right. I I love that. Yeah. I love that. He's got a bad attitude, but he is a goodie through and through. Mm-hmm. He is like on the side of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and again, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. Well, tying this back into you know the larger idea of you know what makes a good show and is you know compared to a lot of other series, you know, it's what I one of the defining aspects is you know having a having your characters have a good push and pull against each other. Um, because mm-hmm. like in. I I ashamedly followed Bleach for a very long time. Um and No shame, I did too. <laughs> like I I really enjoyed Ichigo as a protagonist. Um but it never felt like he really had a rival or somebody like that he pushed himself to be better against just because of their like personality and like clashing ideologies it always felt like okay i'm the good guy you're either a dick or the bad guy so i need to be better than you like that that's not very <laughs> strong motivation mm-hmm. yeah i've never seen Bleach, so true. i can't fully comment but uh mm-hmm. i do think having like those, those counter characters 
to offer something different or like a polar opposite yeah. is really important to creating a good dynamic. And I think My Hero Academia That's does called that really a foil. Well. Oh, is it? Yes. See, you have salmon in that. We're all Literary learning term. something new. <laughs> we're all expanding <laughs> our minds. Good times. <laughs> yeah, I, I think My Hero Academia is just so good at like creating a big cast of characters that you genuinely care for. And even characters mm-hmm. that have only been featured a little bit you're still like, mm-hmm. what is their power? How does it work? How are they going to riff off other people? And it's constantly interesting you. I've, I've found that it never gets to a point where you're just bored. Where you're just right. like, I don't care about these people. Like, you're always invested. And I think it maintains suspense really well. So, like, these past mm-hmm. couple of episodes, for example, have been building towards this hideout raid and this upcoming fight with All for One. And I think it doesn't waste too much time. It, it, it you know, it lays a lot of really important foundations for the, the narrative and the story, but it then right. moves towards exciting set pieces at the same time. It does. It could take like five to ten episodes of just benign dialogue, but it doesn't. It, it moves it exactly. pretty quickly. It does what it has to do. <clears throat> it lays down the story it has to do, but then it's like, okay, let's have something fun happen again. Let's hit mm-hmm. people with fun. And it, it's great because fun's good. And yeah, exactly. It's just perfectly paced. And it reminds me of why I like Killer Kill so much because that, again... It's such a fast-paced show, but so much fun. And I just mm-hmm. think you can't beat that. You can't beat enjoyment and delight and happiness and good right. good times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, what- especially with the shonen genre where that is notorious for it's just like slog of pacing. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, ten episode long fights where like they'll throw a singular punch. Yeah. Maybe followed by a bunch of dialogue. It's just like, no, my hero, it's a it's like a hundred episode long shonen with the pacing of a twenty five episode series, mm. which is a good thing. Totally, yeah. If you can create yeah. a shonen that's perfectly paced and really, really interesting, you've got a recipe for absolute perfection there. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the thing, like the shonen genre can be amazing, but it can also be utter shit. And it's just yep. getting it right. In more cases than not, it's pretty shit. But when you get right. it right, it's better than anything. And it is so much fun, I think. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. those those are the shows that you can get really invested in sometimes, and you can just binge for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's really cool with uh, Horikoshi, the author. Um, is one of the things that I found out as I was reading through is that he was very hugely influenced by Marvel comics. Um, he grew up with Western Makes comics. Uh, like there's this picture of him with a Christmas tree, and it's just covered in comic book characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I'm I'm wondering like how much like he takes from how you know, Western comics take I I because I don't read comic books like Spider Man right Batman or anything like that so I'm wondering you know what the difference is there in terms of pacing and you know, character development because yeah like shonen like is a genre because there are very similar tropes that series tend to share um and it's not like hero academia doesn't abide by them um it still definitely has its fair share of tropes but it just executes them in such fun and interesting ways exactly Mm. that's it and i would say one of the tropes that it's done well at not necessarily subverting but sidestepping in these recent episodes is I was getting a little bit tired of how reactionary the show had has been going. Mm. Like every single villain attack, it's been the villains attacking the kids, villain attacking the students, villains attacking the students, and students had mm. to react to that. 
And I was getting a little tired of that. And I understood like, okay, it's not so easy to just go like, okay, let's go fight them instead. But then like Harry said, and like a moment's notice, they flipped it around. It's like, okay, no, now we're attacking them. We're being um, <clears throat> pro, pro, not pro, what's the opposite of reactionary? Uh, but uh, you, you get what I mean, yeah. Retaliating. Do you mean pro- proactive? They're being proactive about I, Yeah, proactive. Yeah, yeah, they're being proactive, yeah, about something for once. And I enjoy that. It's like, okay, this is this feels so different now. And it's, suddenly everything is mm-hmm. fresh again. Yeah. And so that's something the show has done very well. And that all comes down to a really good pacing, I think. Just knowing when to mm-hmm. change things up and when to switch up the formula. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's just so fucking good. I love it. Mm-hmm. It is so cool. And uh, everyone talks about Infinity War, like, Marvel, Avengers, Infinity War. Everyone yeah. says it's great because you see all your favorite superheroes come together. That's every episode of My Hero Academia. <laughs> every episode is seeing your favorite heroes together, fighting together mm-hmm. and interacting together. It's like Avengers Infinity War on a weekly basis. And mm-hmm. I, I wish more people watched it. I wish more people enjoyed it because if you stick with it, it is so rewarding. Right. For sure. Yeah. Anyways, let's move forward to Darling in the Franks, a different oh, series. Speaking and... of fun and pacing. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> I think this one's been sort of temperamental with its pacing at times, but I found it to be really, really good. That's a that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. A, a li- not always perfect, but I found that overall it's been a great series and I've really enjoyed it. But mm. have you guys both seen it? I know you have, Kyle, but what about you, Matt? Right, so I've been watching as much as I could in preparation, but I'm not caught up. Uh, I'm only at episode nine, I think. So the most recent episode <clears throat> I saw um, was when Goro was stuck in the one Klaxosaur. Oh, okay. And he was going, yeah, he was going to essentially sacrifice himself, but he was saved. So that's the episode I literally saw this morning. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm... Do you want me to give my, my thoughts on it first as someone that's just kind of like getting into it? Yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, then we'll spoil right. the whole series by telling <laughs> yeah. everything that happens after. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm I'm intrigued by the series so far and I'm interested to see where it goes, but it's still, it hasn't gripped me quite yet. Yeah. Um, and part of it is I think I'm a little bit triggered out, if you know what I mean. Hey. Yeah, um, I've watched a lot of their works uh, in quick succession recently. So yeah, Kill a Kill, um, Keys Niver especially, and the new Little Witch Academia. Yeah, and they all have, uh, for for lack of a better word, they can be full of themselves sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and with all, especially in this show, with the parasites, the pistols, the stamens, the kissing, the parasites. I'm like, okay, like. I know you can do some deep dive analyses on these shows. You can death of the author them for sure, especially kill a kill. But it's like, okay, I've seen, I've been exposed to this too much. I need to, I need a little break. But uh, all that said, I, the, the core, the central mystery of the show does have me gripped. I'm not entirely behind zero two's character yet. I think she's abusive and not a good person. (laughs) Um, you're, you're I'm meant, not saying she's a bad. All I'll say, Matt, I'm not saying you're a, meant to feel hmm? that way at this moment. That is that's how you, you're figured, meant to yeah. feel like that. But things do start like, to make more sense over time. Right. I figured the way I feel about a lot of the characters right now, I'm meant to feel that way, which is good on the show's part. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that changes. Uh, because Keys Niver had an equally like abusive and 
bad person main heroine for the main character that wasn't good for him mm-hmm. um that the main character had this like unnatural fixation on but that person never did get better so that's another reason why i'm kind of like cautious mm-hmm. about zero two right, but I, I have heard similar things of what you're saying so we'll see how that changes yeah well that's one of the interesting things um with just how trigger and you know going back a little bit guy next has approached a lot of their shows is you know they tend to go over the top but i think like an important part of that aspect of campiness is you know the story that they're trying to tell underneath it so mm-hmm. with kill a kill um and kiss Niver, it it was pretty campy it was pretty fun but there wasn't really much of a story like there's definitely Mm -hmm. a message that they're trying to you know be very forthcoming with um Mm -hmm. but what i think works with darling and the franks and i say this having just binged fully coolie yesterday in preparation for the new (laughs) series um but it's ultimately it's just you know a story about puberty which i really enjoy um because it's something that you can relate to Exactly. I not me. I've never been through puberty. <laughs> you just I, came I, out the womb like this. I'm still. I'm still waiting for my first period. So. Uh, oh. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm having trouble. Please don't mention that again. It will trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think. Um, yeah, I, I think the way it explores puberty and coming of age is really interesting. That's what it's about, really. I think comparing mm-hmm. it to like Killer Kill. That is just pure popcorn entertainment. And it mm-hmm. is stupid. It is campy. But that's kind of the way I like it because it is just stupid popcorn entertainment <laughs> where mm-hmm. when you get sold on it, it is just so much fun. But you have to obviously allow yourself to kind of enter that uh, right, idiotic exactly. mindset somewhat. And then when that, you do, it's mm-hmm. a great time. That's, but you that's, have to that's, get the, that's, the, that's the thing that weirded me out so much about Frank's is it starts off like that. The first few episodes are definitely super over the top and campy and you know you have like these kids piloting these giant human shaped mecha the first time i saw them piloting mechanism okay but i passed the first third of the show it kind of doesn't get that campy ever again which was weird i'm I'm still not sure how i feel about it Oh, it's cut out. There's a little glitch. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh what? no. Can you not hear us? I, I, I can. Uh, Kyle, you just cut out, I think. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, oh, I can hear Kyle still. Okay. Um, well, I can hear you both now, so it's all good. Well, okay. Again, <laughs> the human element of the podcast, the natural, organic element. You're, you're, you're peeking behind oh, right, the I'll leave the, that up to your discretion. It's the same reason people like vinyl records. This podcast is like a good aged vinyl record or a vintage wine. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. But so, yeah, continue. Kyle was talking about the lack of campiness past the past third of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, carry on yeah it (laughs) and scene um yeah it was just kind of weird um it the the pacing definitely feels a bit off at times just because like i can never well i can tell what kind of tone they're going for but it just feels rather jarring when it's not entirely consistent um just because like the first third feels like a super campy you know standard trigger show kill a kill the second third feels a little more slice of life 
and then mm. now with the last part like we're i'll just say that it's not either of those two <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so, it, it changes uh, quite a lot I, I found like the first act which is like episodes one to five it, it's kind of slowly laying the foundations of hero and zero two's relationship but it doesn't do a great job yeah. of it i find mm-hmm. it's quite... oh can i make a quick comment on that oh, yeah of course really yeah quick? I forgot to mention, yeah, about those, like, first few episodes. It's really funny because you know how that whole Evangelion meme is, like, get in the damn robot, Shinji? It, it's like the that but the opposite where I just wanted Hero to get in the damn robot, but no one was letting him. Yeah. <laughs> like, just let him get – I know he's going to pilot the damn robot. Just let him yeah, do it. Yeah, it's you like there's, so there's always obstacles that are quite irritating. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, but I think, like, episode six really solidifies their relationship and it kind of puts a, right. a closing stamp on that. And that's why it's really good. From episode six onwards, I've really enjoyed it. So in episode seven is the beach episode, um, which could have been really kind of cliche and irritating, but I actually mm-hmm. found it really well introduced for characters and made right. you kind of understand the cast a bit more because you just saw them yeah. like, interacting in a more comedic setting, but it really helped to solidify who they are, what their relationships are like, what they are to each other. And by the end of that episode, I found I, I quite liked the characters then. I was invested. I was like, yeah, I want to see what they're up to and the episode after that is when the boys and girls kind of split the dormitories oh yeah and and again it's it's funny it's a funny episode and it's yeah, so i was to, laughing a lot during that one yeah and it is great because it really serves to um make you interested in the characters and i feel like the series should have done those episodes earlier and it should have shown you what the characters are who they are and what they're like prior because I feel like at the start, you don't really care about anything. It's not really... I thought they were all terrible people at the start. Like, every yeah. single one of these characters are like a terrible Zero person. At all. <laughs> nope. I, I hate that character archetype. He's grown on yeah. me, but I still don't like it. The unfounded confidence, yeah. Yeah. But then you realize at the end, he's actually, like, a decent guy. And he's quite nice. And he's not a dick. But at the start, that's how he's portrayed. Um, right. But at the end, you realise he was just kind of lacking confidence. He's been a bit of a knobhead. But in the end, he, he settles down and he's fine and he's nice to people. And he's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no issues there. So I just mm-hmm. feel like the pacing at the start is off, but it really, really pays off in the end. Um, as you see these characters grow and you see them experience puberty and experience feelings of love and romance and whatever, it's, it's done in a really interesting way. And right. I, I think when you realize the bigger picture as well about the world i mean like kyle what episode's it gone up to now is it on like episode 19 it's on episode 20 there yeah they're yeah. they're they're digging yeah. in deep into the stuff that you know they've been working up towards so the, yeah. the curtain's being pulled back that's it because we're near the end of the series and there's still questions that need to be answered there's still questions yeah. about like the bigger world and the hierarchy mm. of society but I just right. Kind I of, have many questions about that. Yeah. So like even now, like episode nineteen twenty is still only just being answered now. There's still more questions. Yeah. But I I feel like potentially, if the payoff's really good, if it does answer all the questions and it does explain it well and it's not too rushed, it'll be amazing. And I'll I'll give it a full thumbs up. So if they can pull it yeah. out of like these last five episodes, I'll honestly have great feelings about the series overall. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fingers crossed it'll be all right. Fingers crossed it'll be a good yeah, ending. The, the ending of a show can hold so much sway over mm-hmm. your final impression yeah, yeah. of a show overall. Like you can have an amazing like 10 out of 10 show all the way through, but if it totally just flunks the ending, yeah. that's the last impression you have of it. That's the 
feeling you're going to take away and it's going to definitely color your experience of the show as a whole a good example is soul eater i think if you guys have seen that oh yeah i've seen that it's yeah, been so years like, <laughs> it's a pretty fun show overall it's nothing special yeah. but it's, mm. it's an all right show but the ending just feels pretty terrible where oh, oh. Like, the, the, this all-powerful antagonist that's they're like incredibly powerful they're defeated by a single punch from the main character Mm. and you can kind of, i analyzed it loads like oh it can kind of be explained like this but really it feels extremely cheap and it feels like no that that kind of defies the laws of the show and then it just ends abruptly right. and it's like that was so rushed and that final punch just felt it didn't make any sense in terms of the power mm-hmm. level deus ex machina <laughs> oh man well bringing it back to um the earlier topic of shonen i think one of the like series that I felt had a really good ending um, was Rurouni Kenshin, um, and a large part of that was because you know the final fight was like entirely driven by uh, Kenshin's just personality and his like personal ideology, um, and that's an important part of how you end the show. Like you need to be consistent with the themes that you've been developing, and if you're not, that's going to be leaving a very weak impression yeah but i'm a blasphemous anime fan i've not seen Rurouni kenshin yet so i'll take your word for it oh, i've God. not seen it either but oh no <laughs> but i agree that like it needs to like all wrap up nicely and the whole series has to have a consistent story arc like my hero academia for example going back to that if that has a shitty ending it will spoil <laughs> so much of the show. Even though the show is fantastic, um, if it ends really badly, like Midoriya, I don't know, gets fucked in the ass by All Might and then they both die, you'd just be like, what was that ending all about? <laughs> it would leave you the weirdest last impression of the show. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it just pr- pretty weird, but it, it won't do that, I'm sure. It'd be a pretty strange ending, I have to say. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the thing about Soul Eater too was that that was an anime original ending. The manga was different. I actually picked up the manga afterwards because that was an instance where I knew there wasn't going to be more anime except the weird spin-off they had recently. Hmm. And so the manga was very different and then it went uh, on yeah. past that. I think the anime changed it because they knew they weren't going to have more anime, so they wanted oh, to have some sort of conclusion to it. So that's why they kind of like shoehorned that in. Uh, Whereas in the manga it's like, nope. <laughs> There's still more, so, a lot more. That actually yeah. sounds very similar to what happened with Full Metal Alchemist. Right, um, yeah. If Same both of you have that. watched that, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Brotherhood. I've, I've seen I haven't the, seen the original, so but I know I've about seen, the original. Yeah, the, the original, like, because Arakawa was still, you know, writing it as the show aired, yeah, like, it took an entirely different approach. Like, not even with just the ending, the, just the entire series um, was different. So that's the show that I grew up with. And honestly, like, I enjoyed it. Um, but it's still, f- like, the the road to get to the ending was fun. But it w- it definitely felt cobbled together. Um, mm-hmm. In the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, like, because they had to change, you know, the core elements of the story. Like, they were able to have fun with it. But the ultimate ending is overall just far weaker than how brotherhood ended well i've heard that yeah i've heard the ending of the original series was quite sort of miserable and didn't really answer oh god yeah it felt 
Yeah, right. like I, I don't know what happens, but I've heard it's just sort of bittersweet in the worst possible way. Like, whereas the ending of Brotherhood is really nice, it's really conclusive, mm-hmm. and yeah. it also yeah. shows it's very positive that like, all these characters have futures. And, nope. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you mean in the original, I take it? Yeah, in the original. Yeah, in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you were disagreeing with me. Like, no, the ending of Brotherhood is awesome. <laughs> like, what? It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, I think a show can do a bittersweet ending if it fits tonally with the rest of the show. Um, I found that, again, changing subject slightly, but Gurren Lagen, for example, which loads of people love, I wasn't really a big fan of the ending of that show. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was too bittersweet for the show's own good and it, it mm-hmm. kind of concludes and you feel like simon never ever gets a break he never ever gets any element of happiness he just gets shit mm-hmm. on throughout the whole series and you kind of at the end want give him a nice ending it's quite a throw him a bone yeah yeah, yeah th- just throw him a bone like let him be happy but no it, it all goes wrong for him like he loses yeah. everyone close to him and it's just like I, I wouldn't mind if this was maybe darling in the franks for example they could maybe justify it but it's not. It's quite a an upbeat, colourful show. It feels a bit strange. I don't know. Yeah. So, but that is kind of what we're going to go on to next because we're going to discuss anime that loads of people love and we aren't a huge fan of. And one of mine was going to be Go and Lagen. So <laughs> this is where we offend lots of people and upset people, but I'll let yep. you guys... In our very first episode. Yes. <laughs> So, so this comes down to uh, recently you reviewed Violet Evergarden, Matt, and right. uh, you weren't a huge fan. So, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. So, that that piece was something that I'd been wanting to write for a long time, uh, ever since it finished, like many weeks ago. And Violet Evergarden, I was very excited for that show because I'm like a huge co anime fan, Kyoto Animation, like love Clan Ad, love Hibikaiyophonia, love um, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Did not love like that myriad colors, phantom, whatever nonsense. <laughs> but anyways, Kyo Annie is like a very solid studio all around. And then just the fact that you look at the show, you look up screenshots even, or you look up little video clips and you see how beautiful and gorgeous it is. And you just automatically want it to be very good. And so the whole problem with Violet Evergarden, my problem at least, apparently not a problem for a lot of other people, um, because it's still sitting at a, like an 8.6 on mall or something like that, which is very good, uh, a very good mall score. Um, Violet, her, her whole story arc is that she's kind of learning how to feel emotions. She, she was a child soldier in a war and war was all she really knew. And now the war is over and she's trying to kind of like adapt to real life and come to terms with her feelings, learn how to be a normal human being. And it doesn't it ha it sets up these grandiose short stories that what do teach these like important lessons and morals which are great but we never actually see violet internalize those lessons we never mm-hmm. see any evidence that she takes inside her um that she's kind of like thinking about them in meaningful ways and the problem is when you do that you'll suddenly have these scenes later on in the show where violet will suddenly like burst out into these emotions i get for lack of a better term and it feels out of place because they didn't see her developing up until that point it was just like what zero to one in an instant almost and it's like all these it was very moments we don't really have context in the bigger picture right yeah exactly and it's very jarring and 
the there's an issue with the order of the episodes as well. I feel like if you just simply reordered some of the episodes around, it would actually be a much better show. Mm. Um, but as it is, it's a little weird. It's funny because if I were to tell someone to watch Violet Evergarden right now, um, I would tell them to watch the first two episodes to get the context of the setting, watch, then skip to the fifth episode, <laughs> then the eighth episode, oh. and then the eleventh episode, and they have the entire Violet Evergarden experience right there. Yeah. Um, mm. And here's the thing also, I'm really conflicted about the show because this show made me cry on multiple occasions. I think it made me cry three times, like full-on bawling. But it was that bad. Was because it? it was it because it was really bad? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh man, I hope I never cry because something's terrible. That except black clothes. Because like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like I said, the story is told through these little vignettes. Each episode is a short story, and these individual short stories can be really fucking sad sometimes. But the the sad the sadness doesn't relate to Violet herself. It's relating to the the people these short stories are about. Yeah, and so then when the show tried to turn that onto Violet herself and use all the same techniques and uh, strategies to evoke emotion um, from the sh- as they did with the short stories, it fell incredibly fat, be- fat, flat. Fell <laughs> fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that buildup wasn't there and it was incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I'm watching the show, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this is really disappointing me. And then I, I look at impressions online. I'm talking to my other friends in real life. They're like, Violet Evergarden's amazing. I love it. I'm like, you do? Yeah. I don't really see why. <laughs> and then suddenly after I published that article um, and I showed it to some of my friends, like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like it that much either. I'm like, what? What? No. <laughs> bullshit. Wow. <laughs> you guys were all into this when it was airing. Yeah. Um, so that that's my quick and dirty thoughts on Violet Evergarden. I can go on about this forever. I already have with the friend I was watching it with who also didn't wasn't a big fan of it while we were watching. She was the only person I could confide in at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my spiel about the show. Well, I think you've offended a lot of people then, Matt, and I think, uh, they're going to be very upset with you. No, like, Probably. we want to, re- we want to re- reiterate, um, any shows we don't like, if you're listening to this, please don't be offended. Um, it's just our opinions and you're allowed to like these shows. I mean, you're obviously completely fucking wrong, but it's okay. You're, you're allowed to like them. I mean, our, our opinions are superior, of course. We're smarter mm-hmm. than you, and we know... Yeah, that. We're, uh, we have voices on the internet, We have obviously. voices on the internet. What are you doing, you fucking loser? You're not on a podcast, <laughs> you fucking loser. But yeah, you can like whatever you like, so it's okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, now we've lost all our audience. Kyle, what shows... Or even what, my mom's gone now. Even your mum's left. Well, yeah, now I'm she's, just she's speaking disgusted. out to the void. <laughs> Okay, so just speaking out to no one now, uh, Kyle, um, what shows or show do you not really like that people love? Well, I just started, for the first time in my life, Sailor Moon the other day, and I hate it because Usagi is a piece of shit. She is one of the worst characters I've ever seen, and the, the fights are solved by her throwing a frisbee just every time. And Tuxedo Mash, I, I just hate it. I I'm, I say this because I'm also watching, alongside it, Card Captor Sakura, which is fantastic. Yeah. Which also came out around the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I think, so I think like, Card Captor's a little newer. I'm not sure, though. It's just, it, it's just mind-boggling how so many people like that show. It's like, I, I can understand, like, you know, enjoying something you grew up with, 
because yeah. I, I enjoyed Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball series growing up with it. And you know, I went back to it and it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. But Sailor Moon just has no redeeming qualities aside from the fact, man, it looks really good. Sailor Moon is Miss Magical Girl, just like like Ryu is Mr. Fighting Game and Cloud <laughs> is Mr. JRPG. <laughs> so she just kind of has that uh, iconic value to her. Yeah, it's yeah. just like you, you can have your protagonist be a little shit, but they need to be endearing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she's not. I watched all 200 episodes of Sailor Moon back in high school. Oh, I am oh, sorry. Oh, boy, was that, was that I think a trip? one of the reasons a lot of people like these kind of shows, um, it comes down to two things. First one is nostalgia. Obviously, people mm-hmm. grow up with it and they have that bias. And that's totally fair enough. I have things that I fucking love that other people would say, objectively, that's bad. But I think it's awesome. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, I adore so much. They're two of my favorite games ever. But a lot of people right. would say they're not very good. I get mm-hmm. that, but I grew up with them and I love them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, but, but, uh, but regarding a. Yeah, yeah, so nostalgia is one of the values. But also, I think like something comes out and for its time, it's iconic. So, everyone's saying, oh, it's amazing. It came out and it was groundbreaking. But then you kind of look back years later and it's like, okay, yeah, it was good for its time, but it's been done better now. Like, like it's been right. surpassed, but well, people can't accept that. And we're all hypocrites mm-hmm. for it because we all have personal things that we will argue, that's amazing, it's flawless. But somebody experiencing mm-hmm. it now for the first time would be like, ah, it's shit, actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, for example, I love Ocarina of Time, like most people. But there's going to be some people who experience it for the first time now who maybe say oh, it's really dated, which it is. It came out a crazy long time ago, and they're not wrong. But if you grew up with something like that, you're going to absolutely love it. And again, your opinion is just as valid because it is amazing in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's also dated right. simultaneously. So it's just different so, perspectives. That said, a series can be dated. Like Ocarina of Time, I fully recognize its flaws. Uh, I, I, I love it because I grew up with it, sure, but I can also yeah. you know just... I objectively recognize that there are some, you know, very good design choices that the developers made. But with Sailor Moon, I cannot see any objective merit to it at all. Um, That said, I've only watched like the first 10 episodes of the first season. And according to my brother, who I'm watching it with, he says it gets better. (laughs) But there are those words again. that, That is never a good reason for me to enjoy a show. But I'm not being funny. If I've watched 10 episodes of a series and I've not enjoyed them at all and someone says it gets better, it's like, yeah, but the start is shit. So, like, 10 episodes is a long time. That should have, you know, by then you should be at least enjoying it a bit. Even if you're not fully absorbed by episode 10, you should at least be having a decent time. If by episode 10 you're thinking, I fucking hate this, then you're probably not going to suddenly do a 180. I mean, mm-hmm. just as a guess, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe your brother's right. Maybe he, he's <laughs> got it all right. Yeah. But yeah, and again, like going back to this idea of, you know, something being dated, it's like, you know, I, I would be a little more forgiving of Sailor Moon if something like Cardcaptor Sakura hadn't also come out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Because that is, a mag- that is a good magical girl show. And it's just, it, it's frustrating because so many people enjoy it. And I think it's objectively yeah. bad. 
If you want me to go on a war path, <laughs> let, like let me loose on episode two hundred of Sailor Moon. I can tear oh, that a new g- one. G- but I'm not give me the cliff. Here. Give me the cliff notes okay. of why you hate it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to s- spoil anything because it is really surprising, and I can see people liking the ending. I can tell you. Hmm. I can tell you later. I don't want to say it on the okay. podcast. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Sailor Moon is but, uh, fighting her arch nemesis when she should suddenly shits herself. And oh, uh, that's, that's it, it ends all of a sudden. Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's pretty much it. You that's hit it on the, the head. It's, it's, yeah, it ends with a shot and then the whole <laughs> series finishes. <laughs> Something I do want to say about Sailor Moon 2 mm-hmm. before some people jump on the comments, the singular person that jumps in the comments of our first episode. Yeah. Um, this is the anime only. I I yes. am aware that the manga is insanely, insanely different from the anime. Like, it completely ditches the Monster of the Week formula. There are actual fights. The story is completely different. It goes into, like, mm-hmm. Queen Beryl and, like, who she is, why the way she is. Like, it's apparently actually a good manga. But the anime, for its time, it was... I'm pretty sure the Monster of the Week formula was around beforehand, but, like, that Sailor Moon was a... Actually, I don't know why they made the anime the way it is, but I'm just putting it out there. Like, we're talking about the anime purely, not the manga, which is apparently Mm. supremely different. Yeah. I I would be fine with the Monster of the Week formula if, like, half of the episode wasn't, like, reused footage and transformation scenes. Like, I, I thought my brother was joking when he said, yeah, you see all these transformation scenes? Each of, each member of the Sailor team gets their own and they play all of them. Like, what? Why? <laughs> it's just it, it's things like that that are objectively just bad decisions. That yeah, it, make it, it a just show worse. Lazy and it just fills out time and it's boring. Yeah. After the first couple of times of seeing it, you just like stop. I'm done. But I, hey, I get it. if you're binging the episode, that means you only have to watch like 12 minute long episodes oh once you cut God. out the opening, the transformation sequences, <laughs> the attack sequences, and the ending. I suppose, oh, yeah. Man. So in that in that sense, it's a it's a genius show. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, going to my own opinion, uh, my own pick of this, uh, and I want to reiterate, I do actually like this show. It's a good show, but I, I don't think it's as good as people make out and it's Gurren Lagen. Um, and I only actually saw it recently. Everyone had been saying for years, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. And I thought, yeah, I love Killer Kill. I love that kind of Guinea Axe trigger kind of style. So yeah, I, I'm down. And I watched it and I got to a point where, I, I won't spoil it, but it, but a character is killed off around like episode seven ish, um, and everyone was saying like yeah it gets better after that, and it does get better because the character of Neo is introduced and I think she's a great dynamic on the show, but I found that there were so many characters that weren't particularly as mm-hmm. developed as I'd have liked. I felt like the the first portion of the series, like episodes one to seven or so, every episode feels like a really disjointed separate experience that serves only to introduce a new character. It doesn't really feel like a consistent narrative that threads together. It's like this episode, they're here and they're meeting these people. This episode, they're here and they're meeting these people. And it's just literally to introduce new characters and it feels very forced and rigid. And then I feel like after episode seven, I think it's about episode seven, it might be like, you know, give or take an episode but uh it was about there yeah yeah when nia's introduced i thought she was a great character really likable and her relationship with simon was really entertaining but again there was a lot that was quite underdeveloped a lot of the characters weren't particularly expanded on um and as the series proceeds there's obviously there's the time skip and all sorts of different things 
But as characters towards the end are killed off, a lot of the time I didn't really care too much because a lot of these characters weren't as expanded upon as I'd have liked. <clears throat> They'd kind of been introduced as kind of like a comedic presence in a series or just a background element, but they hadn't really been elaborated onto a huge degree. So these characters are being killed off and I'm just kind of relatively indifferent to it. Um, and there are some great moments. There's definitely some funny moments, some great action scenes, but I didn't really feel hooked into the world or absorbed in these characters. It felt very oddly paced at times. Um, and the ending just felt a bit too bittersweet, a bit too unrewarding because everyone was saying how rewarding it is. And I was thinking, yeah, it's going to be great. You're going to see all the characters oh. together. And no, it just, it just felt so just, oh, okay, that's that then. And it had nice elements. Like, like the thing that annoys me about the show, I think, is all the ingredients for an absolute masterpiece were there. The ingredients right. for a show that I would absolutely adore were there. They just weren't quite balanced in the right way. They weren't quite mm-hmm. mixed yeah. in the right way. That's just my opinion, but I know I'm in a minority. A lot of people would love it. Just for me, it didn't quite sit well. And I think it was built up so much and it just didn't quite hit the right notes. Oh. But what do you uh, guys think? The ingredients thing is exactly how I described Violet Evergarden too. That's my feelings exactly. Like yeah. the way the animation, the music and the lines would come together. It's all executed perfectly, but just never meshed together. So I know what you yeah, feel. Yeah, it's just ba- balanced ever so slightly incorrectly. Yeah, but what do you think, Kyle? Well, with... With your unlock, I especially now that you know I've seen a good amount of Trigger and Gynax stuff, it's it definitely has like that going going back to Shonen, that Shonen problem of you know introducing a bunch of characters and not really like doing much with them, or yeah. you know you do like some interesting stuff with them and then they're just gone for whatever reason for like three they have episodes. the arc it's like okay you can go back in the background yeah, now yeah exactly and that's one of my problems with Franks um, with the pacing it's like you know they have a really strong cast of characters but instead of like giving each of them like equal screen time it feels like it's a toggle rather than a slider or it's like that's a good way of putting okay it, yeah. like this is this episode where we're going to have this half of the cast and the other one's going to sit on the bench and then we'll shuffle it around for the next one. And it's like, yeah, that was, that was my problem with Gurren Lagann. Um, with, you know, they, aside from, you know, the central, like three or four characters, um, some of the background ones were like, I, it, it definitely felt like the show was trying to make me feel a certain way. And I kept, swatting its hands off and like no that don't <laughs> like I, I don't care yeah that's a really Fine. interesting point yeah that element of just kind of forcing characters into the limelight and sidelining other ones uh and again going to a great example of when it's gotten right uh my hero academia again like you'll have an episode and say 15 different characters get some great moments just like maybe great lines of dialogue or great little interactions where it feels like at the end, yeah, that episode was really rewarding. We got to see all these heroes, all these villains, all these students, all feature, and it never felt forced. I mean, the last episode in particular, like, you had um, the villains initiated their raid on the hideout, and you had some... I mean, uh, the heroes even initiated their raid on the hideout. (laughs) They initiated a raid on their own Yes, yes. It's gotten pretty weird, to be honest. (laughs) No, like, so you had uh, All Might and Gran Torino, uh, Best Genist, Gang Orca... um, 
tiger, like, like loads of different pro heroes, including ones you hadn't really seen before, all mm-hmm. having moments to to feature. They'd, they'd throw an attack out or they'd have a line of dialogue. Uh, and then you had different students featuring. And it was great. Like You felt like at the end of the episode, there were so many great characters featured in their own little ways. And it never felt forced or um, abrupt. It always felt natural and relevant to the story. Um, and yeah, I, I think Gurren Larkin doesn't always get that right. And I think there's a lot of shows that don't always get that right. They, they're Darling and the Franks again. Like, even though I think it's really, really good and I'm really enjoying it, I'd agree that at times the character interaction isn't always as seamless as it could be. It's a little bit rigid at times, but I'd... I don't know. I think it does still do a pretty good job. I think, especially later on in the mm-hmm. series, it does feature a lot of different characters in different situations. And yeah. it, 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 I think overall it does do a good job, but that's just my opinion. It sounds like you're a yeah. little bit more critical of it, Kyle. No, no, I still have that um, like same opinion. And like I enjoy the show. It's just my specific issue is, you know, like you were saying, is in terms of you know, how they balance everything. Because compared to something like Grand Logan, yeah, a lot of the side characters in Franks like are still really interesting. It's just the way they're integrated into the story feels a little sloppy. Yeah. So, you know, you you have like great material to work with. It's just not executed super well. Versus yeah. something like Grand Logan, where, you know, I don't care about like sixty percent of these people. Yeah. So that's the issue. Yeah, that, that's the fine issue there, or difference between the two. Yeah, there are certain episodes of Franks where it just feels so forced on one character or two characters, and it doesn't ever feel particularly seamless. Later in the series, I think it gets better, but yeah, towards the beginning, I know what you mean. It is quite well. Like you, you have the Goro and Ichigo episode, for example, and it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. It's really good, but it's very kind of forced on Goro and Ichigo. It doesn't feel organic or natural. Right. Um, that whole situation with that Klaxosaur was purely, entirely created just for that backstory, essentially. Yeah. So I, I suppose it could be a bit more subtle about things like that. But overall, I think it's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And overall, I will reiterate, I think Corinne Largan is a solid show. It does a good job of being entertaining. There's just certain parts that didn't sit well with me. I mean, one of the big things, probably the worst part of the series, I will, I, I think I will mention personally, is the first seven episodes are pretty shit, to be honest. Like like the rest of the series is quite good, but I do not like the first handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. I think they are really, really boring, really awkwardly paced. They feel really forced and rigid. And until Nia is introduced, I don't think it's a great show. And that really puts such a dampener on the whole series overall. Mm-hmm. I think the middle of this series, I think from Nia's introduction until the time skip, it's awesome. I mean, that middle section is mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, I think the time skip, that's still pretty good. That's that's cool. And I think there's some rewarding action at the end where they go to fight for spirals. But I do think, yeah, the start isn't very good. And it doesn't sell the series particularly mm-hmm. well. So it's extremely right. even. Yeah. And I think it, it, going back earlier to like how we were talking about, you know, pe- series that people had grown up with, like Grunlogan, at least for myself, and I know that there are, I mean, Matt, when did you watch it? Did you watch it when it came out? 
I don't remember what it came out, but I watched it when I was in high school. So okay, was, yeah, so 07, 08. Yeah, eight years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the same on my end, um, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of other people. So, you know, you watch that, you know, when you're a kid and you really enjoy it because I remember distinctly, like, as a kid, getting very hyped with all of the, you know, stuff that was oh, going yeah. on. And yeah. for me, like, that was pure fun, and I equated that, like, to just the overall quality. But as I've gotten older, as I've seen more series in, you know, different ways that, you know, this kind of story has been done, like, and going back to watch it again, it's like, okay, yeah, I can, you know, see that it it is a little weak in some parts. Like, I still enjoyed yeah. it. When I was... I was rewatching it, I, or part of it back in college, and yeah, same feelings. Like, wow, I'm not enjoying this nearly as much as I did before. Mm-hmm. What happened? It's the same yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like some weird spinoff that I accidentally clicked on. That's a really interesting point. How, as you experience something more, um, like more of a certain medium, you become more critical. Because the first anime series I ever saw, and it was a completely random one. I can't remember how I came across it, but it was a certain magical index. And oh, yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, this is sick. This is really good. And then I watched more anime and now I look back <laughs> at that show. That is fucking awful. What a terrible <laughs> show. And it's why yeah. kids are stupid cunts because they like anything. <laughs> they have they have no, uh, they'll watch the shittest stuff and they'll be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. You've not seen anything. You don't know. <laughs> and you see people yeah. even now, fucking morons, adults who think, literal dog shit is good entertainment adults who see the movie little man and think it's a good comedy movie and it's just like no you're a fucking idiot <laughs> okay rant over but i just i just i just <laughs> want to say that that entire rant was like a hundred percent palatable because you're british thank you so <laughs> it, it yeah pretty much <laughs> i want to say though conversely on that um, you can also experience more entertainment as you grow up and then go back to something and then appreciate it more. Yeah. Because when I first started watching anime, there was a little show called Lucky Star. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> and yeah. And so I, this is when I was first getting into anime. I didn't know slice of life genre existed. <laughs> and so I watched Lucky Star after watching Haruhi Suzumiya because I saw some comparisons about it. And I'm watching the first episode. I'm like, they're just friggin' talking about this chocolate pastry. What, what's the story start? What the hell? <laughs> and I watched more episodes of him. Like, there, there's the, what, what is this show? Why is it so popular? And I dropped it. And then, like, two years ago, I went back and watched it because I'm like, okay, now I know what the slice of life genre is. I'm like, this is amazing. This is brilliant. I love this. Oh. Um, it's clever. Yeah. It's witty and funny. Yeah. Really? And so, yeah. Okay. Oh, are you the opposite? <laughs> well, <laughs> now, now that like, there we go. we're talking about Lucky Star now. I- I, I don't know. I just felt like it relied a bit too much on referential humor. Um, and That's understandable. Um, I don't know, like, especially because I, I, I have seen more slice of life shows now. It's like, okay, well, like, the characters are fun, but like, there's nothing really beyond that. Um, like, especially having, you know, come off of other Annie slice of life, like just... <laughs> Dragon Maid <laughs> is simultaneously one of the best and trashiest shows I've ever watched. Yep. <laughs> because the characters are so endearing. Like you you care about all of them. Like the main relationship between Kobayashi and Toru is very sweet. 
and then you know you have all of the fan service and all of like the mm. standard you know like very pandering anime tropes <laughs> um and going back to lucky star like i felt it relied a little too much on like, appealing to the audience with with you know mm-hmm. that kind of fan service and fan service being you know just like stuff that you put into the show because you know that fans will like have fun with it or wink at it or it's like you're winking mm-hmm. at the audience and i don't know that was those are my feelings i can on see lucky that star. yeah <laughs> I think it helped because I, I watched Lucky Star dubbed. Actually, oh, I'm not really? a sub purist. I'll, I'll watch I'll watch dubs every now and then for like shows that yeah. I think it's appropriate with. And I think the dub actually enhanced the comedy for that because they localized some of the jokes better oh, and it came across, it, okay. it, it was better. I, I actually um, that said, some of the voice acting in Lucky Star was trash. But <laughs> I do think yeah, like when it comes to comedy shows, sometimes dubs are better. Uh, I watched the first thirteen ish episodes of Lucky Star in sub. Mm-hmm. Before thinking, when's something gonna happen? And then I dropped it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was my first experience. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know, like slice of life. I don't know. I've not seen many slice of life shows, so I'm sure there's some that I'll love. But I do find them a little bit tedious at times. Mm-hmm. Right, um, that's a common critique. For yeah, sure. I, 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 it's just my subjective opinion, but I sometimes do think, oh, can something happen now? Can I have a reason yeah. to care? But I understand, obviously, that's not really the point of those shows. It's meant to be just comedic entertainment without a real plot and that's fine that, right. that's still a valid form of entertainment of course but it doesn't quite line up to my personal interests mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i'm sure like lucky star if you watch it dubbed and you find that kind of humor enjoyable i'm sure it's a great time so i don't know maybe i'll right. pick it up again maybe i'll try it again dubbed and see if i like it yeah, because I definitely enjoyed it dubbed more than I mm. did subbed um, back in the day, for sure. I love the opening but theme. But yeah, like you said, Slice of Life, life is not for everyone. <laughs> I love the opening theme. I mean, that's some... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but yeah, anyways, I think, uh, should we knock it on the head there? Should we leave it there? Yeah, I think we're at a good stopping point here. Because uh, good I, I hate talking to you. I hate your company. And uh, I can't wait <laughs> to get rid of you. <laughs> We're no. just taking up your precious Sunday You're evening. taking up my precious time. I've got so many better things to be doing, like filming my other podcasts, which are infinitely <laughs> better. No, I don't have any other podcasts. It's been really, it's been really, really fun. I've had a great time. Uh, yeah, no, this, no, this is, is cool. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think this went really well. Yeah, so far, so far. Hopefully, I don't say anything bad. Okay, anyways, it's gone, it's gone really good so far. Is it, is it, there was a part of me there thinking, should I say a horrible slur? But I thought, no, no, I, I won't do it. I won't do it. But there was a whole part of my brain, do it. It will be funny. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I censored myself. Um, Look at that. <laughs> See, so, kids, proud of if you, you watch <laughs> anime, you can be a high-functioning adult too. See, I'm, I'm doing good. It's all good. <laughs> um, but no, considering we initially thought this would be like half an hour and we've gone on for nearly an hour and a half, I think uh, it was good fun. It was a good chat. I've enjoyed myself. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Lots of nice little tangents. Nice little tangents and rambling. Watch Pokemon Pico. Yes. <laughs> There's number five. There we go. That wasn't me that time. That was all you, Kyle. <laughs> oh well. So I don't know when we'll do this again. Uh, maybe sometime in the future at some point. I don't know. Like it won't be weekly. It will be maybe monthly or something. I don't know. Right. Maybe you definitely cannot, or we definitely cannot do a weekly anime podcast yeah. without saying the same shit over and over. I don't know. There's a lot again. of stuff to talk about in anime. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, if anyone does watch this, if anyone hears this, even it's a podcast, they won't be watching it. If anyone hears it and they have opinions, please do share in the comments. What do they want to hear? What would they like? What went well? What didn't go well? Plenty has gone wrong, but plenty of things have gone right. So what are your opinions? What are your thoughts? If nobody hears this, then I guess we'll just never know and we'll just continue doing what Mom, we've done. Mom, please leave a comment. Please leave a comment. Please validate what we've done. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. It's been good fun. And uh, thank you for joining me, guys. Yeah, All thanks right. for hosting. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. All right. I don't know how to sign this off. Should we just... Uh, Let's. Uh, we can share like Twitter handles, I guess. Okay. Oh, yeah. Standard way. There you go. <laughs> okay. Good idea. Right, Kyle. What is your Twitter? I I am like the rogue, L I K E T H E R O G U E. It's a little it's a little joke because I like roguelike games. Then ah. that's it. Very good. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> Matt, what's your Twitter? You can find me at Musing Mojack. So M U S I N G M O J A C K. Mojack is just some stupid little thing my dad started calling me when I was young. I have no idea where it came from. I don't think he knows where it came from, um, but it just kind of stuck well, with me. Well, that's your name and now. And Musing Mojack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. And Musing Mojack's just a nice little alliteration, so there you go. <laughs> and my Twitter is analgape2009. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think mine is Harry underscore Morris underscore. I think. I might be wrong, but... Uh, it doesn't matter. I barely post. Don't bother following me. Just, uh, yeah, follow these guys. They're way more interesting. So, yeah. Aww. Follow right, me yeah. if you like seeing cute anime grills I'll show up on your Twitter time. timeline. Horrific. You just pre order that sweet Nadashko figure. Oh, Horrific my God. Hentai. I'm very Horrific hentai. <laughs> well, Horrific hentai. People, there you go. I've said, it, whatever they I've said want about five times. Yeah, you're you're matching the B and E and P now. I'm not going to speak those words. Follow uh, Matt if you want to see disgusting racism and uh, constant homophobia, and uh, follow Kyle if you want to see um, scat porn and diapers and diapers. <laughs> those go hand in hand. There we go. Okay, sorted. All all good. Okay, it was a good podcast. Cheers, guys. Oh, yeah.